in this episode. Did you miss us? Well, we're back, and we're talking about Star Wars, Overwatch, Dragon Ball, and South Park. Plus, we review Darksiders, the War Mastered Edition, the OA, and Justice League Dark. All this and more on the Geek Generation. Hey now! Hey everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Logan. Joined in the studio today by Paulo. Ah, 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 we back. And Matt West. Go Patriots. Go Patriots. Non-sports show! I said sports! Oh no! (laughs) I know, it is Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow. Um, Guys, hi, welcome back. It's, uh, It's been a while been a minute it's been it's been a little bit it's been since like august since our last episode yeah uh i did so okay let's let's give some some (laughs) background some history of what happened here so we were doing the podcast for about six years or so um it got to a point where i started streaming on twitch that became the new hotness here uh and i've been spending all my time streaming on twitch so a lot of that time that I used to devote the podcast uh, was just being eaten up. The pre-production, the actual recording, the post-production of the podcast. I mentioned it on here before that it just takes an insane amount of time. And uh, that time was going away quickly to things that were more rewarding, more lucrative. Uh, and that was Twitch and playing games on Twitch and cooking on Twitch and doing all sorts of other things on Twitch. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying the live streaming stuff. But I also really miss doing the podcast and in the interim i think our last episode was like in august in the interim uh, i did get your emails i did get your tweets i even uh touched base with some of you asking me where's the podcast hunting me down at conventions and finding me and asking me when's the next episode coming out uh and we are we are back uh i honestly i just missed doing the podcast so much that i wanted to bring it into the twitch space so we are doing the podcast. We used to do it live on Twitch before, uh, but before we were still very much focused on the after crowd, the on-demand crowd, the ones who would be listening after the fact. Uh, but now we are focused on the live audience. So we are at twitch.tv slash the geek generation for those of you that are listening after the fact. We're going to be recording live every single Saturday from now on. That is the plan because we are a live first uh, show now, even though you can still get us on iTunes and SoundCloud and all the on-demand places, and of course at thegeekgeneration.com. But um, the nice thing about doing the live thing is that we can actually talk to you during the show now. So if you tune in at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration, you will be able to call into the show through our Discord channel. Uh, you'll be able to talk to us through the chat room. So for those of you in the chat room right now, if you have questions throughout the show, You are certainly welcome to post them in the chat room. Obviously, we can't address every single comment you make or just say hi to people as they're coming in uh, because we do still have a show to focus on as well. But there is a call in channel in discord. You can go to the geekgeneration.com slash discord to get in there uh, and you can wait for us to pick up on you and we will take your calls during the show because we want this to be an interactive show where we actually speak to the listeners as well. So, with that all being said, uh, let's get into the show. It feels weird doing this again. <laughs> it's It's been so long, but I feel like we haven't necessarily missed a beat. 
even though there's been plenty of geeky stuff that's come and gone since that time, uh, it's time to catch up a little bit. So we're going to hop into what I think is everybody's favorite segment on the show here, our geek outs and freak outs. So first, we'll start with the geek outs. Yay! Paulo, what are you geeking out over? Man, there's been so much going on. So much. <clears throat> I mean, to be fair, uh, you know, a lot of us have been busy in the interim, too. So it's not just Rob that got busy. Everybody else got busy, too. So, like, even if Paul was, got busy. I, <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, to, he did. <laughs> I mean, to be specific, I got busy like 12 months ago. <laughs> and now I'm dealing with the after effects. Um, that's my first geek out. Uh, the new baby is fun-ish. Um, like, you know, cause it's the second one. So it's, uh, easier. <laughs> uh, I know what to do now. I know what works and what doesn't work. Um, you don't freak out every time the kid starts crying. No, nah, I mean, I do like, it's, you know, you still feel it and everything like, you know, like you have to fix the problem somehow, but it's like less, the urgency is not as, it's not as present mm -hmm. all the time. So it's like less stressful. Um, I mean, the only thing, the, the only difference I think is this kid poops like way more <laughs> and like he doesn't poop at daycare. Like he poops, like he saves all his poop for when he comes home and then he just has like a giant blowout and like, we're just like always washing clothes and like, he's yeah. just like a cat that goes out and kills the thing that it can find first and brings it home to daddy. Yeah. I've brought and, you all the poop. Yeah. And it's just like the the soft serve machine from hell it just like <laughs> and it just all comes ugh and it's, but i mean that's like the worst part you know and i mean it's a it's a natural thing that i have to deal with so i mean everything is going pretty well on that front second geek out is uh <laughs> i'm going to talk about sports guys hashtag sports <laughs> hashtag sports. sports uh not really but i mean uh like you know we we here at the Geek Generation are all fans of comedy, mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've been noticing more and more recently that com comedy has been making its way into sports, specifically like sports analysis and sports commentary. Um, Rich Eisen, who does the Rich Eisen show, uh, I forget for what channel, um, he apparently he was he did stand up comedy for a while. Um, he's made like a number of appearances on At Midnight, and he's generally just a funny dude. Like he's kind of like the straight the like he plays the straight man mm -hmm. who you know like says funny things, and um, he he plays really well off of like athletes and other comedians and you know just anybody that comes into his studio he does really well with. Um, and recently on Fox Sports One, who's who is doing most of the coverage for the Super Bowl this past week, um, they've been down in Houston uh, doing media uh, and. Along with Katie Nolan, they've hired a bunch of other comedians to come in, one of which is Sarah Tiana, who mm -hmm. is uh, famous for her ability to roast people uh, to a crisp. I think she did a Jeff, Jeff Ross's roast battle, uh, which I think uh, aired last week. Um, and she's also been on at midnight a ton and she's really good and also like a very like acute sports fan. So and it's it's good for her because she's also a Falcons fan. So it's like it's she has a personal stake in everything that she does. And I just generally like it because I'm just kind of tired of seeing like former athletes and journalists talk about sports. It's like at a certain point, it just gets so boring that you don't want to listen to it anymore. Yeah, it's same old, same old. Right. So yeah. if you inject comedy into it, it gives you a reason to kind of pay attention and uh, listen along. Um, you know, you mentioned the whole at midnight thing. If you're a Twitter person and you have 
a moderate sense of humor. If you follow at midnight and you watch when they do the hashtag wars, if you participate actively, every day you'll gain between three and five followers mm-hmm. without fail. So if you're like, that's just, I've noticed that, that every time I play, I get a bunch of followers. I would follow during uh, or play during the summer now and then, but now it's past it's my tough bedtime. Late, yeah, it's <laughs> late at night, it's tough. Yeah. Um, my third geek is Titanfall 2. Uh, I didn't have a ton of love for Titanfall 1. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a generic shooter with like the the sort of the gimmick of having the giant robot. Uh, Titanfall 2 is way better. Um, I don't know what happened from like a development perspective or, you know, like from a marketing perspective, but a lot more people are playing Titanfall 2. Uh, the game itself is really fun. Uh, even though it is like a first person shooter, like one of the aspects of the game that makes it so much more interesting is that uh, the time to kill, the TTK or time to kill is much faster than like your ordinary first person shooter. Um, I mean, you can go from full health to dead in, you know, two or three seconds. It doesn't take very much time oh, at geez. all. And I hope I mean, the respawn's pretty quick then too. It, it is pretty quick. And it the, what it does is it increases the pace of the game. Um, you know, the maps are relatively the same size. There's nothing too huge and they're well designed. I mean, if you go into the game, you'll notice that every room and every enclosed area or every sort of field area has multiple, uh, points of egress and entrance. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just from that perspective of being a, a player, I mean, you can't hide for very long and it also... Um, will give you an out if you are caught in a situation that you don't want to be in, hmm. uh, which makes the game that much more interesting. Um, I've been playing a lot with my friends um, on Xbox One. Um, I mean, just the whole aspect of having giant robots uh, is also very fun. Um, you have different classes of uh, titans, as, they, as they're called, mm-hmm. and um, you know it, you can pick a titan for your particular game style. There's one that's close-up melee. There's another one that's long-range. There's one that's a sniper. There's one that is um, all about AOE or area of effect damage. Um, super fun. Uh, it's actually pretty cheap right now. Um, it was cheap over the holidays. So if you're thinking about a first-person shooter or uh, just want something that's a little bit different from your ordinary first-person shooter, I'd try Titanfall 2 out because it is a blast. Excellent. Um, one of my other freak or geek outs is... Uh, a couple of YouTube shows that I've been watching just uh, anywhere, on the toilet, uh, at home. Um, <laughs> the toilet's a wonderful place for YouTube. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to work something out. Um, uh, one of them is... <laughs> Literally uh, and figuratively. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of them is a show called Hot Ones. Um, it's put on by the channel First We Feast, which is uh, associated with Complex. Uh, so... Uh, they basically the, the premise of the show is they have a, a set of like ten wings and ten hot sauces that go with those wings, and the um, the interviewer will interview whoever is the guest, and they will go through these series of wings that that go from sriracha, which is not very hot at all, all the way up to like those crazy hot sauces <laughs> that you know you you would never think of eating, um, and. 
it makes the show interesting because, you know, the people are obviously under duress. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, their answers tend to, you know, uh, become a little bit more honest or, you know, you get to see a side of the celebrity that you've never seen before. Um, it's an interesting way to break down someone's <laughs> filter. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like it's not your ordinary sort of I mean, the question can even the questions are even actually pretty good for, you know, what it is for press. Um, but because you ha- also have that reduced filter of, you know, having like like painful hot sauce like searing through your mouth um i mean it makes, it makes the show that much more interesting i'd never be on a show like that as soon as i get this thing that's a little too hot i just wouldn't be able to speak anymore i'd be I'd go <laughs> running right off it's funny too because like you know that you have you obviously have like a uh like a set sort of uh you have to run the gamut you go from least to hottest but they don't tell you like oh you don't have to start at the least like you can do whatever you want and so you've seen i've seen people do like eddie wong uh did one in season one where he just started at the last wing mm-hmm. he was just like this is the hottest one i'm just gonna eat this right now and then it sort of destroyed the show because <laughs> i mean he was like drinking milk and then he had to go and poop and then there was just like <laughs> it was a mess but then you you have other people who are very adept at eating hot stuff who just seem to be having a better time you know being interviewed for example uh padma lakshmi who is uh one of the hosts and executive producers of Top Chef. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Indian, so she's very used to like hot things, and like it just it, it just made her like that much. Like I don't like saucy is kind of like a weird way to put it, but I mean saucy like sexier, like more loose. As, like, using a saucy as an adjective in a <laughs> hot, hot sauce, sauce show. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a very bad dad joke, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it made the show that much better, that much more awesome. Uh, so definitely check it out. Um, if you just Google or if you just YouTube, go on YouTube and search for hot ones, you'll find it. I mean, it's like the, it's one of the more popular shows on YouTube right now. Uh, the second one is a channel called, uh, Rachel and June. Uh, they're a mixed race couple living in Japan who, I mean, basically they're just, they explore Japan. Uh, it's pretty, I mean, I, I get homesick sometimes or like, you know, culture sick for, you know, being out here and not having all that around me. So mm-hmm. I get to watch these videos and see, you know, like what like basically you get to see somebody who is a foreigner learn about Japan and also you learn some things about Japan in the process. Like, I mean, I used to spend a lot of time there and even I'm learning things that I've never heard of or seen before. Um they did this one really funny video. It's like how to live in a Japanese apartment <laughs> and like you know, they talk about how Japanese apartments are very small and like um, how you have to clean the bathtub every night. <laughs> and I, I don't know. That's not very funny to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny to me because I, I like I grew up like with that sort of dilemma. Of, like, why do I have to clean the bathtub every night? That makes no sense. Yeah. And then having my grandmother tell me like, you're a fucking savage for not cleaning the bathtub every night. I don't know how you do it in America. But um, so, yeah. And my last geek out is very short. I'm sorry for being so long. It's been a long time since we've done this show. Um, <laughs> and yet I feel like the last one should be the longest one. <laughs> I, the last geek out is Cookie Dough Kit Kats. What? What? Cookie Dough Kit Kats? Oh, my God. Hype. <laughs> so I was like, I was on Facebook and I was just like scrolling through my feed and I saw like, I forget what page put it up, but they were like, Cookie Dough Kit Kats are a thing. You should go find them. And I like immediately, immediately went to Google and I was like, where do I buy? Like I literally typed it into Google. I was like, where do I buy cookie dough Kit Kats? And I like couldn't find them in the States. I mean, you can find them on Amazon and mm-hmm. like you pay like a ridiculous markup for like a giant bag of them. But 
I mean, cookie dough Kit Kats are a thing, guys. And Wait, they're a thing that you still have not gotten your hands on? No, I have not gotten the hands on. <gasps> yeah. If you tell me you have them, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> normally, hug you. normally I would do such things, but I assumed I assumed you would speak about the experience of having one. No, by like, including it in the in the geek out. So they're like I'm impossible to find. Oh so. shit! Well, now you've tasked me with a challenge, yeah. Paul, because I've I've brought up some pretty crazy stuff on the show before, food wise. So. I mean, like you know, our listeners too. Like, if you can find them and tell me where to buy them. I, you know, I will buy them other than Amazon, of course. Mm-hmm. You, think, you think it might be like American soda? Does that set usually have like like candy and weird candies and stuff you can buy? Or? I don't know. I mean, you would think like Amazon is like the cheapest place to get it, right? Because they have like the least uh, like requirement to like mark up for their own profit. But mm. like, I mean, I don't know. I think Generally, get- Amazon is the cheapest, but if they're not anywhere local. Yeah. I mean, you can get them in Canada, I think. But I mean, I'm not. We do have some Canadian listeners. I know that for a fact. Yeah. If you guys want to send us some, I mean, I'll give you a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll pay for shipping. Yeah. (laughs) And the Kit Kats and everything. Yeah. But that's it for me. All right. Matt West, what do you got? Well, since uh, the last time we've done a. uh a podcast i i always used to have to preface things with well i'm not a gamer mm. uh, through uh a little hook and crook with uh dell i ended up uh my wife needed a new computer for one of her side businesses and they wanted to give me a tv and i said i have this pretty much the same tv don't need a second tv and they said well we'll give you an xbox one at which point i suddenly after getting rid of all my other old gaming systems said yeah i do need an xbox one which i had no no need for one but um so that's now been integrated into my my home entertainment system, and I am slowly but surely becoming a gamer. Um, some of the games I'm playing, uh, because you actually brought up was Rocket League. Rocket League yeah, is yeah. awesome. It's a lot of fun. You can just, you know, if a game is five minutes, you can jump in and literally, like if my wife's getting ready for something and I have ten minutes, I'll throw on Rocket League and just <coughs> zoom around and play for a game. Yeah. Um, uh, Batman Arkham Knight I'm playing right now. I got that. Paul was talking about uh, around the holidays where there were deals. Um, Xbox uh, Live Gold. It was I think it was like eleven dollars yeah, for the yeah. full season pass with all the DLC. Wow, and that's great. Um, so I play. I'll play that for like a half an hour at a time because it has a lot of just auto saves where you stop, then you're fine. You start back up. Sure. Um, and it's really deep, and the play is really cool. Like just how you get around the city if you're not using the Batmobile. There's like you use the grappling gun, and then you'll like. Is it the first Arkham game you played, or it is? Oh, okay. I, mean, I played like a little bit of the. What was the first one? It was um, Asylum. Then there was I City. A, then Origins. Asylum, I played like maybe ten minutes of. Okay, uh, with some of the kids that I was working with back then. But this is the first time I've really immersed and played. I actually um, coincidentally just got Arkham Knight. Like you guys know, I've been putting it off for right, so long because yeah. mm-hmm. I was waiting for everything to be out, and I was waiting for a uh, limited edition that would include everything, like the game of the year edition or whatever. Uh, and nice enough, one of our Twitch viewers sent me the game for my birthday. Uh, nice. So nice. I have that and the season pass now, and I'm yeah. gonna be. I'm, dying to play and it's not a spoiler but uh you right off the, <laughs> right off the bat um batman's being haunted by the joker mm-hmm. and so you get cut-ins with mark hamill joker nice. all the time nice. and he and he and he, he fucks with you it's great like you know things happen and he talks crap it's great nice. on the other end of the spectrum i'm playing lego well i pretty much finished lego batman 3 which so is you, fantastic <laughs> it is but you have this one super serious batman and then on the other side you know, I'll, I'll, oh, Kevin Smith's talking crap. All right. Yeah. And I smash him. 
<laughs> yeah, Lego Batman 3 is a great oh, game. So All fun. the Lego games, I feel, are highly underrated. And now it's just yeah. going back to earn credits so that I can buy all the... And I have almost all the characters mm-hmm. that I've opened up just through... You know, you find your place where you can farm farm coins and then go back and spend on Have them. you unlocked Ambush Bug yet? Oh, because no, that was one of our special ones. I don't know if right, you remember. No, I yeah, do yeah. remember. That was when you guys got to announce. Yeah, that was the, that was that was a big deal for us. Yeah. We got to reveal a Lego Batman three character. Uh, Rocksmith tw- uh, twenty fourteen, and uh, after coming out of San Diego, one of the game when we went to Comic Con, one of the, we went to uh, South Park was in the middle of San Diego. Mm. We got to visit with a lot of the. Um, and That's another thing, dude. We never did because we took this long hiatus. I know. We never even reflected on Yeah, San we Diego. released our uh, San Diego Comic-Con interviews, but Matt went out with me this year, and we never really did our wrap-up to talk about everything that happened. You wouldn't hear me, but I'm the handsome guy that uh, that Matthew Lillard was. Hey, he's a handsome guy. That's he's true. Good. That's right. true. So, <laughs> it was cool. People were super cool. But uh, we went to South Park because they were really pushing. Um, at the time, again, it's been pushed back, but uh, the fractured but whole. Yes. Uh, but... You were telling me how awesome Stick of Truth was. Yeah. And great. so that was one of the first games I bought when I got my Xbox. And it literally is the most fun game I have ever played as a video game because it was like you're watching the show. Mm-hmm. My wife would stand in the kitchen and watch, and she would be dying laughing because of the crap that was happening on the screen. And it was just. It's easily the funniest game I've ever oh, played. Oh, yeah. It was so sure. much fun. Yeah. The really. biggest complaints about that game were the, the length. You finished, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of people complain about the length. I'm like, no, that's perfect for yeah, me. Yeah, no, it like, was great. I don't need an RPG to be like 40 hours. Give me 10. I'm fine. Yeah, totally. It, just make those 10 quality. And it was. And that was totally like, I was looking forward. I was still working at the time. And I was looking forward to getting home from work just to play. Mm-hmm. It was, I'd think about it during the day. Oh, man, maybe tonight I'll, you know, we've got the, the goth kids joining me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a super cool game. And I'm really, uh, and so I'm looking forward, with that said, I'm looking forward to uh, the Fractured Butthole when it comes out. It sounds like they've changed up the system a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The fighting's supposed good. to be a little bit more interesting because yeah. um, it was it was kind of cookie-cutter RPG. It very much was. And stick a truth. Um, so that looks really good. I'm looking forward to that. And then Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't play the first one, but, I mean, I'm a big DC Heroes kind of sure, guy. Sure, And um, it just... Just to have a you know a, a ver- you know a fighter game uh, that kind of game with those characters will be super cool. So I'm looking forward to that big time. Um, Star Wars. Uh, since we've last done, we've had a lot of Star Wars news. One was the release of Rogue One, which I saw way too many times in the theater, which I enjoyed. I'm uh, you know I'm a Star Wars kid. I'm old enough to have seen. Um, not the first run of Star Wars uh, New Hope, but, you know, a year or two later, I was, you know, four years old seeing it at the drive-in, mm-hmm. you know, and I've seen all the other ones in the theater multiple times. Um, Rogue One, I was totally psyched about overall. I thought it was a great film, really. Obviously, I saw it as many times as I did. Uh, and since the last, in the last week, we revealed that Episode 8 will be called Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yep, yep. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of speculation on what that means, and... And yet we kind of know already. Right. I mean, it could allude to something else, but they legit said in the opening credits of Force Awakens. Right. Luke Skywalker, the, the last, last Jedi. Jedi. Right. So, But I mean, and here we are. We're in February. We're only 10 months out for that movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's, it's coming. We're getting a Star Wars movie every year. And if they're keeping them up like Rogue One and they if they can keep things of this quality, yeah. Disney, go for it. I'm yep. loving it. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, what I've been watching on TV lately, um, Homeland, I hadn't watched before, um, really, I mean, I got sucked right into it. Um, I'm to the point now where I actually upgraded my Hulu subscription so that I can each week get the, the show, uh, Showtime, uh, 
episodes uh, so we can get the new episodes of Homeland because we're in season six now. Uh, but Claire Danes is amazing on that show, and, and they just have a great cast, and it's, uh, you know, CIA intrigue and, and spy stuff, and it's uh, it gets you thinking about, you know, even though things get, um, you know, they exaggerate things for TV, when you watch them, you really think about, wow, you know, what our CIA could be doing, mm-hmm. and probably is doing in many cases. Uh, on the other swing is The Goldbergs, which is um, a sitcom, they're in their fourth season, I believe. And as a kid of the 80s, this show, I probably am either a year or two older or a year or two younger than Adam F. Goldberg, who is the writer and uh, who has created the show. And the show rings so true. The things they do, while, again, they, they're over the top, I mean, what the kids' interests are and everything was like me. And yeah. like the older sister is right where my best friend's older sister was. And it's so it's so ridiculous, but so accurate that you just, it, it's a charming show. The characters are really likable. Um, uh, Jeff Garner plays the dad. He's, uh, uh, he was great on like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And Kevin Smith was just talking about doing an episode recently yeah. where uh, the father and one of the sons go to see the 1989 Batman movie together. And I was like, oh, well now, yeah. now you've got my attention. The first one I ever watched, I, I just saw it. It was that um, when it was a, uh, a commercial that they were doing a tribute to the Goonies. That's the first episode I ever watched. Mm. And the first third is pretty much them redoing the Goonies. And, yeah. And they have, and a lot of episodes like that, like uh, his, his uncle steals the, uh, they have um, the, not the, they have Kit at a local. Oh, home, wow. And he steals Kit so that he can <laughs> drive Kit. And, of course, through something, you know, they go to fry a turkey and the frozen turkey flies through the air and dents the hood of Kit. Now they're, you know, it's just ridiculous stuff, but everything is tied into one episode's called I Wrote a Hoverboard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really great, entertaining show. I've been, you know, that's one of those. And it's because it's a sitcom, it's like 20 minutes. So throw an episode on and, you know, while you're getting ready to go somewhere. But it's, it's really, I mean, one of those shows where I literally laugh out loud when I watch it. Yeah. Things are that ridiculous that, I find myself really laughing. Don't make me want to add more shows to my list. I can, <laughs> I can barely. My time is even less than it used to be. Fun fact about the Goldbergs: um, a f- person that we are probably all a fan of, Matt Myra, is a writer on the Goldbergs, which is how, which That's is cool. how Kevin Smith got uh, involved because yeah. they were doing the Frasier podcast together for a while, yeah. and then Matt invited Kevin to come direct an episode. Yeah, so good writing all around. Hell yeah. Uh, my first geek out is a game that I'm pretty sure we've talked about before because I think you play as well, Paul, right? Mm-hmm. And that is Overwatch. Only a Shimada can make me holla. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Uh, who are you maining in Overwatch, Paul? Right now, I switched over to Diva just because the tank meta is the current meta. I think even after the nerf, I don't know. Like, I mean, I just played. I just played Diva because I hate Roadhog's hook. And yeah, I, I can't really play Winston that well. <laughs> like, I don't know how to use the jump to the best effect. So, mm-hmm. like, Diva for me is kind of like the easiest because it's like you get like kind of like two lives almost. Yeah, you yeah. know, Diva for everybody that doesn't play Overwatch, Diva is a tiny Korean girl that pilots like a giant mech, and the mech has like I mean. She used to have like a lot of armor and a lot of health, but now like the nerf kind of switched things around. And so she's not as great, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I used to play like a lot of like, I used to be that guy that played Hanzo all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just because I wanted the dragons, you know? Like, <laughs> no, you got to go, go for fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> the dragons go flying through the screen. Like, that was like, I was the kind of, that kind of guy. And then I tried playing like other characters for a while, like, um, 
what fucking what's that kid's name or that guy's name um the guy that shoots the grenades out of the gun uh, soldier not soldier um all he uh, not roadhog but it's the guy um, who shoots the grenades out of the gun yeah the one the the with the peg leg Oh, um, junk rat, junk rat, yeah. Like I used to play junk rat a lot because junk rat was just like auto win. You just like stand back and kind of shoot. Yeah, you grenades. just lob shit over obstacles yeah. and, and whatnot. Like, you just see the thing come up every time, like you know, like every time somebody dies, it's just like that. That will just keep going if everybody's crowded in one area. So yeah, I, I mean, I imagine most of our listeners are familiar with Overwatch, but if you're not, <laughs> Overwatch is basically uh, six on six multiplayer first person shooter battle arena type thing Mm -hmm. this is a game that i should not like like for any reason i i generally don't play multiplayer uh only games and i generally don't care for fps's so this had two strikes going in right away i played it at pax east briefly last year uh and was like hey that was pretty cool uh and then got my hands on it during one of the demo weekends and loved it right away it's one of those games that's super addictive because the matches at most will take at most like 20 minutes. I mean, it depends, but I mean, but it can be are... like five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. The, the, the way that the games flow, I mean, the, the rules of the game will limit the amount of time that you spend playing. A yeah. Single game. Yeah. But, uh, it's a, it's a ton of fun. Uh, I love playing. I main Reaper, uh, for the most nice. part, uh, especially during attack. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't uh-huh. use him as much on defense. I'll yeah. go with someone like diva. Or I'll be that dick that uses Bastion or Torb and, <laughs> and just sets up in a place where it's just not fair. Um, but uh, a Reaper I love because he's very much not only my personality character type. Uh-huh. He's just the... <laughs> he's very, die, die, Yeah, die. he's very Batman in that sense. Yeah. Um, but except his catchphrase is die, die, die. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little uh, against the Batman norm. But it's fun to teleport behind enemy lines yeah. and attack them from behind when they're not expecting it. Yeah. I love doing that. Um, but I'm having a ton of fun with Overwatch, not only because I'm enjoying uh, the game itself, but because so many people I know play it. So I, I was holding off on it for a while. I wasn't sure I was going to get into it. Um, but then, uh, our friends, Kyla and Sam got me uh, <laughs> a couple battle net gift cards mm-hmm. and were like, you're playing Overwatch now. Cause they were, <laughs> they were playing all the time and they wanted me to join the team. So, uh, I hopped in and, uh, really, really love it. And now even more people within our Twitch community are all playing together and it's even more fun. So yeah. when you have people that you can play with on a daily basis, that makes the game that much more enjoyable. And you guys are all on PC, right? We are. Uh... Yeah. You Xbox. I, I might be able to get I just got a new computer so oh, I might be able to play it really tell me more like, <laughs> <laughs> well, <what? laughs> tell me all the specs of your computer Paul oh Please. it's got such a huge video oh card oh my god god it is so hot oh, how much no RAM? literally it's so much hot RAM? like all the time <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so Overwatch is a ton of fun. I still am playing all the time. I love all the seasonal events. Uh, the Winter Wonderland was pretty great. If I didn't get that Reaper skin by the end of it, I was going to go ballistic because it was so good. Yeah. We're in the year of the rooster right now, which they apparently were afraid to call the year of the cock. I'll give them the pass on that one. That's fine. Uh, and I've gotten like in my first five boxes, I got two skins from that right away. So I got the Winston one already. And I got the Mercy one already. Oh, nice. Which are a couple of the better looking ones, I think. So I'm like set. I think the best one, the best skins for Chinese New Year or Year of the Rooster, I think is like uh, Diva and May. I mm-hmm. think those are the most, 
they they diverge the most from the original character. Sure, sure. So, which is always nice. You like, yeah. want the diversity. Yeah, but even my wife saw the the diva skin and was like, "Hey, she's Korean." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I told you that like a thousand times." But okay. Uh, my last geek out is Dragon Ball Super. You guys know how much I've been looking forward to it since it originally started airing in Japan. Uh, I am not one of those people that's going to watch anime with uh, subtitles because the biggest draw of an anime show for me is the action. So if I'm trying to read while I'm missing the visuals, that doesn't work for me. And I like the voices that are in the the dubbed uh, DBZ. I don't. No. It makes me want to like poke my ears out. Oh, <laughs> well. It's just too much. Yeah, but you actually speak Japanese. Yeah. So you can watch without subtitles and I, I watch cannot. with I watch with subtitles just because like occasionally there'll be a word that I don't understand. So I'm like, what was that word? No. But yeah. <laughs> but uh I'm really liking it so far. I was a little hesitant to get into it at first. Uh just because I had heard that it rehashes the events of Battle of Gods. And I'm like, well what's yeah. the point? If yeah. we already saw the movie, then who needs to see the whole thing? And I thought I thought that Battle of Gods was a little weak, honestly. Mm-hmm. And now I know why I thought it was a little weak. As much as people love to make fun of Dragon Ball for the fact that they'll drag out everything, mm-hmm. it is those moments and those buildups that make everything worth it. Yeah. So like all those little character moments and all those side things and all the comedy, uh, it does build to the actual battles and the fights that much more. So yes, it can feel some like. Some of the episodes feel pointless or yeah. little segments or side stories do feel pointless at times. I do enjoy uh, the full build and the full story and the full character development that leads up to that. So I already like it better than Battle of Gods, even though I yeah. kind of know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good I mean, I'm I still watch it. Uh, so I'm having a good time. I mean, I'm pretty much up to speed like i'm like i think five or six episodes behind like the current release right so meanwhile i'm three episodes in because that's all there (laughs) is for the english dubs currently yeah so like the 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 series will build after they get past battle of the gods Mm -hmm. i mean they the reason why they hash battle of the gods is because that becomes important for the story later on sure absolutely um and then you know you i mean it's it's impossible to avoid spoilers on social media because like especially i haven't seen any well, if you follow like any sort of like any page or social media page that uh, like talks about anime at all, like, I don't. They, they will. <laughs> they will don't because they will talk about Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is pretty much the only anime I watch consistently. So, well, if you follow Kotaku, Kotaku will spoil it for you because they. I do not. They post every like. I think they'll like immediately the day after the episode airs, like they'll talk about, we have to talk about this thing. And That's like, obnoxious. Yeah. But. Now following the, uh, the battle of God storyline, they don't go right into resurrection F, do they? No, it like bleeds into like an, its own storyline sort of good so, new stuff. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's super fun. Like, I mean, it's very much like dragon ball Z like mm-hmm. in that, you know, you have characters and power levels and fighting and all that stuff. But I mean, because it's like updated for 2016 or 2017, and like the the animation is generally better. One thing that I noticed about Dragon Ball Super is that the animation is very high quality. It is, like, yeah, if, absolutely. You can tell even when they flash back to scenes of DBZ, yeah, and then it jumps back. You're like, oh my god, look at the difference there. Yeah, and it's like you know, like in in the current crop of anime that you watch. I mean, you'll see like if you freeze frame on certain scenes, you can tell where they cut corners with the animation. Like it's just generally very terrible or like where they try to like 
speed up the like the frames so that you don't notice that the, mm-hmm. the cells were drawn poorly like dragon ball z is generally avoids that like everything is very like the color is very consistent the drawing is top notch yeah so yeah definitely get into it if you liked dragon ball at yeah all. really enjoying it very uh excited the fact that they just breeze right over gt and pretend it never happened mm-hmm. yay <laughs> yeah maybe the best thing all right geek outs are done let's hop into our freak outs oh freak out Hello. Listen. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's how we're starting. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to talk about Trump because I think everybody's pretty sick of Trump. Or maybe you're a fan of his work. I don't know. But, I mean, let's just all get on the same page where facts do matter. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> not like... Wait, facts or truth, right? Facts or truth. Not alternative facts? We're talking about real facts? I mean, not alternative facts, not poorly researched facts. Yeah. And unless you're buying a car, not car facts. <laughs> like, just can we all agree that facts and truth are important and that we need to acknowledge the existence of facts, not just for partisan politics, for just life in general? I think I can agree with that statement. And so, I mean, just just like a word to our viewers or listeners, viewers, and everybody who hears this at some point. I mean, just be sure that like the the thing that you are saying is accurate and true. Do a little bit of research. Find it cited a couple of different places. Don't be the one to jump out and be like, ah, there's just a thing that I hate. And like not know that, you know, the thing that you hate is actually fake news or. Ladies and, and gentlemen, lawyer Paul O, making sure you fact check your information. Like it's not hard, guys. Like, and, yeah, recognize that a lot of the sources out there um, are not written without bias. So you yeah. need to really find like, uh, like I think The Guardian is like a really good Fairly unbiased. It does lean a little bit left, but I mean, the facts they have in there are well researched, well vetted, um, and usually are a little, you know, you, you can depend on that better than some of the clickbait that, but the, the problem is, so many people are reading clickbait mm-hmm. and thinking that that's what it is, and they're basing their opinions on these far left and far right. I mean, you, you can you yeah. can debate it forever, but the the real yeah. uh, source of all facts and news are celebrity opinions on Twitter, right? I mean, that's that's <laughs> where I go for all my information, so I that's... mean, Matthew McConaughey thinks we should all get on page with Donald Trump, so all right, all right, all right, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, like, don't, like, you don't have to be the, to the town crier, so to speak, of your social media feed. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just because something gets posted and you want to tell the world about it the minute after it gets posted, I mean, it, that's not that's not good. You like you should probably wait like yeah. five or ten more minutes to see if anybody else picks up that news. Like, I mean, like I don't, I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about doing no. Your it's research. news in general. People yeah. do not vet information yeah. anymore. They see it and it's a first. It's a first to get it out there mentality with yeah. media. So that before they actually do the homework and it, Howard talks about this all the time. Yeah. And the fact that Captain Jenks, uh, who's a prank caller on his show, can get on so many shows pretending to be a reliable source of information right. just because they're happy to have uh, the information from somebody firsthand first without even making sure this guy is the person who he said he was like, mm-hmm. just, oh, we're going to put you right on the air. Wait. You're not even going to get his information. You're going to stick him on live television. <laughs> that is not a smart thing to do. Yeah. And so, how many times have you seen over the last year somebody put, oh, rest in peace to celebrity, and then you look at uh, it. No, they died four years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. because somebody saw it pop up, they just thought it was today. So they, Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, I'm just begging everyone to just, you know, make sure that you do a little bit of research. I, um, I like, <laughs> I know everyone says don't talk about politics, and I know this is definitely not the place to be talking yeah. about politics, but... 
I uh, I do everything in my power to stay out of politics, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I admit that I am completely ignorant when it comes to politics because I if it's not about people wearing capes or mm-hmm. um, animated movies, then it probably doesn't show up in my newsfeed. Mm-hmm. But this, I'm so annoyed with the current state of politics because it won't leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. You know, that's like, all. That's all that's on social media now. Yeah, it's disseminated so heavily, and I, I think if we if we talk about facts and truth in a in a logical objective way that it can be less prevalent mm-hmm. so that's just my first one my second freak out is about anime god damn it i'm a 35 year old man and i'm talking about anime again <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to preface things here it's uh <laughs> this is what we do i mean no it's just part part my own shame but partly you know just never be ashamed paul <laughs> we welcome you with open arms thank you my wife does not but um <laughs> so yeah like the current crop of anime sucks like it's like all this like slice of life like sort of like you know like comedy slice of life um like harem type of anime which mm-hmm. is harem type of anime is like one guy character and so like it's a, a Sofia Coppola movie is what you're saying uh, I mean worse like it's just not great and there's not I mean like for me like I watch anime for like sci-fi fantasy like fighting violence like it's like an outlet for you know some of those like uh, some of those tendencies and like I you know like if you look at the, if you listen to previous episodes where I talk about anime I talk about anime that's like you know attack on titan mm-hmm. like you know like these Tokyo types of, ghoul yeah like I remember these, the things you talk about like these like I've never seen them <laughs> bad shit crazy shows that are like you know like it, it's just an escape it's a way of escaping like the the drove of like real life mm-hmm. so like to see an anime mimic real life especially a life that i'm not living like for me it's like god this is terrible and so like like as much as i love anime and i have loved anime for like my entire life mm-hmm. it's kind of taken like a back seat to other things that i hmm. you know want to watch and that to me is kind of a downer cuz you know so you're a fan of the fantasy anime the escapism i mean if you want to put a put a label on it fiction <laughs> like um i mean what it, do they do in anime documentaries like recap well i mean like they do like okay so like slice of life anime mm-hmm. is basically like where they mimic they they mimic with certain exaggerations like the the goings and comings of everyday life like slice of life anime would typically happen in a work atmosphere or like at a school and it's like Really, like, first of all, that was not my experience, so I can't empathize with mm-hmm. it. Secondly, like, I don't need this in my life. I don't need to see how somebody acts at work or in school or, you know, like, and the comedy is not, like, the type of comedy that I'm into. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It's very, like, I mean, like, it's very Japanese. Like, <laughs> like I'm Japanese. Like, and this is very Japanese. Like, it's kind of like, uh, okay. Like, I mean, I gave it a shot, you know, two or three years ago when I was, like, when there were a couple of that were really highly recommended to me. But it's just, like, after a while, I was like, nah, I want to see, like, giant robots, like, monsters, mm-hmm. mutants, like, or, like, you know, historically sort of exaggerated, like, 
samurai type of anime. Like there's this one that's that I'm watching right now where like historical figures die and they're resurrected in this sort of matrix type of environment. It's pretty cool. Like it's not like it's not like what you would think of anime, but it's like super it's hyper violent and it's also well well mm-hmm. uh drawn. So but yeah, like it's just generally it sucks that they've taken this path because it's kind of like I guess what the um what the audience prefers mm-hmm. and so i hope it changes course and that it goes back it swings back everything towards, goes in ebbs and flows yeah and so i'm hoping it swings back soon towards like you know things that are more my speed so sure. but that's it for me all right matt was so part of uh our our outing to san diego comic-con was that Rob and I saw the 20th anniversary South Park panel. Yep. Uh, Chris Hardwick had Which was Matt, Matt and Trey in there. And that in combination with going through the South Park world they had there and playing Stick of Truth really got me back in the mind of South Park, which I hadn't watched seriously in probably 10 years. I feel like we should uh, explore or at least inform people about how amazing the South Park exhibit was at San Diego Comic-Con. The only downfall of it being that it was actually outside just because just for lighting reasons for photos and whatnot. But it really was. They built the town in a way uh, where you enter from one side. There's these wooden structures of all the houses in South Park and all the built like Tom's rhinoplasty yeah. and all these things. And you make your way through and they have it set up. It's all for like photo ops and whatnot. So they want you to take pictures as a part of this world and share them on social media and things like that. But it's all done so well. Yeah, it, was it was one. It was I think it was like the last thing we kind of did. It really was. We kind of saved that to the last before day. we headed and out. The weather was beautiful. So we're out where it was, it was warm. That was the biggest thing. We had so much sun. It was hard yeah. to get. And I still haven't gone through all the pictures that we took there because they were absolutely ridiculous. But like you could get in jail uh, at what was it at Casa Bonita with Cartman or whatever. Um, So he's in the the other cell. You could sit on the couch with all the kids. They had uh, they had Satan's uh, big chair, throne, and everything. Yeah, Yeah. they had um, they had the balls. Yeah, that you could you hop could, on, you could, like bounce on your balls. <laughs> yeah, Randy's big balls. Uh, they had the tea party set up with uh, Polly Percy pants and yeah. plaid frog and all that. <laughs> it, it was tremendous. And Rob and I had, and we had a ton of fun just going through taking pictures of it. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna jump in this one now, and you know, it, it was just it was crazy. They had Cartman as the coon, and yep. you know, it we, was great. And we were there probably for about an hour just doing oh like, totally goofy, goofy yeah. pictures. So coming out of that, and the whole idea was it was to sell the 20th anniversary and the upcoming fractured butthole. Um, so I was fired up. I said, all right, I'm going to watch 20. I'm going to start watching each week. And it was really funny. If you haven't watched this season, it mirrors the, um, the election. Mm -hmm. And what, what Trey and Matt explained in their panel was they literally only put a week in each show, like a show will air and they're starting the next week. And sometimes it's literally like two or three hours before air and they're just getting the tapes, Mm -hmm. which is how they get a lot of the stuff that you see on TV getting through because they're like, well, we're going to put it so over the top and the censors will cut this and this and we're still getting everything and they won't cut it. Because it's got to go on. Yeah. And that's also why it's so topical. If you guys haven't seen Six Days to Air, uh, it's a, I think like a 40 minute documentary on the making of one episode of South Park and it is unbelievable it's stressful yeah Yeah. it really is but it's it shows like why that show is so good and so the the 20th season um so it's the whole the candidacy of uh you know turd sandwich versus giant douche Mm -hmm. and uh giant douche is is supposed to be trump but he's 
uh, but it's Mr. Garrison. Right. And um, and the writing was fantastic. And they brought in this whole thing about member berries, which were um, part remember, of the, remember Chewbacca. I remember. I remember. And they were and they were awesome and quotable. And um, without getting into the whole thing, they tied in like J.J. Abrams and the Force Awakens and the, all the controversy with the, the national anthem and like uh, Colin Kaepernick forget you know refusing to stand for mm-hmm. it. And it ultimately even builds up. I, I really feel like the last joke of the whole season it built to, which was like a huge laugh out loud joke for me. But it was eight episodes. Yeah. And then yeah. done. And then that's the season. Yeah. And that was the only thing. I, it was such a good season. And there was so much funny stuff. And like, just and they're really usually at least 10 at yeah. this point. Yeah. But they've been more than that. I think a lot of them were full, you know, 13 to some of them were until recent and, years. Yeah. Yeah. Recent so, years, they kind of dropped and, to 10. And when my buddy Caleb said, no, it's done. I said, oh, no, they're probably taking, no, he goes, no, that's it. That mm. was, ah, so it wasn't that, I mean, the writing was great. It was, I look forward to watching it every week. I watched episodes multiple times, but just that it was like eight episodes done. Yeah. 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 So, um, the other thing was, uh, cinema in 4D. I don't know if you guys have gone to, they call it like 4D MX. And, uh, the, one of the nearest theaters to have it here is there's a theater in Randolph that has it, um, through Showcase. And what it is is it sort of like a ride simulator mm-hmm. tied in with your movie? So I went to see Rogue One. This was the last time I'd seen Rogue One. Um, I had seen it already in in 2D, 3D, IMAX, uh, which was, I mean, really for me the way to see it. I'm not crazy about 3D, but that movie in 3D IMAX was awesome. So we went to see it in 4D, and what they do is you get in this big seat that's sort of like if you were to go to Universal Studios or, or one of those where they have like the flight sims. Um, you're sitting in there, and um, first piece of that, it's not the most comfortable seat. I mean, you go to movie theaters now, and they have, like, some of these places have, like, recliners. Mm. I mean, it's, like, leather seats. So first piece is the seat wasn't incredibly comfortable. You're at kind of a weird angle. Um, But what they do is they, first of all, there are, throughout the seats, there are speakers, and there are uh, little devices that either blow air or will, like, hit the back of your calves. Right, right. Um, they'll every now and again they'll pipe like a scent through. Uh, so like when one of the uh, the one of the, the shore trooper uh, ships is landing, they like they pipe through this smell that kind of had like an exhaust smell. Like they do some things like that. They add some like laser flashes and um, and strobes in the building. Sometimes there'll be smoke in the room as mm-hmm. well. Um, and I, in 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 theory, I thought it was gonna be awesome. And when I went, it's funny because I went with somebody who had never seen the movie. This is my third time seeing it. It was really distracting. Mm. I felt like if I hadn't seen the movie previously, I would have really been like lost and distracted. Because there are some things. It does move along fairly quick at first. And my friend who hadn't seen it um, was kind of lost at times. And then he went to see it later, just straight ahead in you know 2D. And he said, yeah, that experience was completely distracting. So... It really, I really wanted to like it, but they charge you more. I think it was like eighteen dollars a ticket, mm-hmm. and well, yeah, there's for, so much more production that goes into it. But it was just for, uh, for, and that movie, you know, it's over two hours. The seats were not comfortable, um, and it was for you know some little attraction that wasn't really all that. So it was, it was fun to do. I don't regret doing it, yeah. but I would never do it again. Where around here do they have that? Um, if they have, I don't think they have them at um at uh the Foxborough Cinema yet. There's one in Randolph. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a showcase. Oh, all right. I yeah, think I've they have that. one um, maybe in Middletown. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Rhode Island, I think. I didn't even think they're around this area yeah. yet. Yeah, I didn't either, and I went searching for it. So that might be the the closest one. I think was in Randolph, Mass. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't discourage people from trying. Some people really might dig it, but yeah. I just thought for for that for a movie that I like that much for that to be the experience to take away from it. Sure, I thought I would sure. add to it. So that's a bummer. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't like ever. I don't think I would ever want to do that. Like, I barely want to watch three D. Like. Oh, 3D makes me mental. But to like, have is it 3D like, on top of all that? Yeah, Ugh. it's 3D on top of that. And the one, the one cool thing was during some of the, you know, some of the 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 fights, the aerial fights, like the dog fights. You do actually, mm. and, and it's timed out well because I have motion sickness issues, big time. With yeah, like, yeah. Like first person shooters, forget it, um, and and didn't tweak me at all. So wow. I mean, and if timing is off with a screen and a, and a chair moving, that can throw you off bad. Uh, and it didn't do that, so that was cool, but. It was, it was, again, it was a whole lot of hype. We need the burp, burp, burp. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Burp, burp, burp. I'll just go burp, 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 uh, My only freak out is Evernote. I've been using it for years and years and years. I love the program. Uh, there's kind of two big changes that they made somewhat recently. One is that they went to a pro system. Like, it was a free service for a long time, and I appreciate that. But when you give someone something for free for so long, then you say, uh, wait, we're going to limit things. Or like if you're going to if you're going to create a pro system, add a new functionality, but don't take away from what you already have. So one of the things that Evernote does was they now limit you to two devices. The whole kind of big deal about Evernote is that you can create all these things and then share them amongst all of your devices. So you have them anywhere, which was really convenient for me. So when I was doing like show notes for the podcast. I could write them in Evernote, then go to another device. If I thought of something on the fly, I could uh, load it up on my phone, add something in the notes. Um, when I was writing comedy all the time, it was nice because no matter where I was, I could write new jokes right inside of there. Uh, I would use it for my recipes, my cookbook. I keep it in there. So I would find things on the Internet, putting them on on here, bring them either on my laptop, my tablet or my phone and just have it anywhere I needed it, which was nice. And now they said, well, now only two devices. So pick which two you want, but you're not going to get it everywhere anymore, which is kind of a pain in the butt, especially when you've created over the course of years a catalog of information. Uh, the other one is that I guess they've updated some privacy policies to say that they had access to all of your data. They were allowed to go look at it now, which as someone who writes comedy and feel like that stuff is my intellectual property and I don't want people looking at it. Now, granted, I'm not saying I'm the greatest comedian in the world and everybody's going to steal my material, but I still don't want people looking at my creative stuff. That's my stuff. Yeah. So yeah. let me do it. And I know it's probably there in the event that cops are like, oh, we need to check so-and-so's account to see whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I guess it was worded in a very vague way so they could kind of do it whenever they felt like it. And that's that's a little disconcerting. So I'm looking for alternatives. I know there's things like Microsoft OneNote and things like that, but uh, I need to I need to find something that works better for me, and I need to find an easy way to get that information out of Evernote and into another system where I'm not just gonna have to copy and paste everything. Yeah, kind of a big pain in the butt. You nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me names. Um, that's my only freak out though, uh, it's, which isn't bad considering all the time we've had in between. I'm sure I could. I had a longer list. Yeah. But some things feel like they're just too much in the past at this point. Like I was yeah. gonna complain about the the Instagram timeline change and everything, which I really hate that it's non chronological anymore. That kind of drives me crazy. But you know, whatever. 
I'm over it. I'm over it, man. Not, not really, but I'm over it. Uh, it. It did get me to stop looking at Instagram as frequently because it got confused. Stories would be out of sequence. Yeah. Like I'd see the end of a story of somebody's like kind of photo story that they're putting together and I'd be like, I'd just throw it way off and I'd yeah. like it. But anyway, <laughs> we have some reviews to get into. Uh, Paulo, you had a video game that you reviewed for the site, actually. Yeah, so I reviewed uh, Darksiders. The uh, I forgot what the edition it was called. The the War Mastered Edition. The War Mastered Edition. So Darksiders came out a while ago, um, and so this game was remastered for Xbox One. Um, it was it was developed by a studio that went bankrupt, and then. THQ Nordic picked it up mm-hmm. or bought the intellectual property and then remastered both this game and then the second game, which is Darksiders 2. The, uh, it's like the Death Master edition. They, they released the Definitive Edition. The Definitive Edition. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. So, like, uh, so Darksiders is a game about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and how they are agents of, uh, like, this. Uh, weird like unearthly council Mm -hmm. and uh they are meant to be like the the balance between good and evil um but what ends up like one of the prophecies of this council is that in the event that the world is coming to an end thanks to the fault of the angels or the demons themselves uh that that war who is the center central figure of uh, Darksiders One would ride in and initiate the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like he would be kind of like he would bring the apocalypse. Um, and so this game is about War getting tricked into coming to Earth uh, prematurely. Uh, he's then punished by the Council. His uh, power. Wait, did you just say that War had uh, performance issues? Yeah. Um, uh, he does actually. I mean, he his powers are revoked by the Council, oh, and he's man. like essentially neutered just um, too quick too quick yeah he goes from being like a godlike figure to being a you know just a very strong warrior uh it's kind of like i mean yeah he does have performance issues <laughs> like you know he's not as rock hard as maybe he should be <laughs> and this game is all about him getting that back yeah, like, yeah. you know throughout the game you you it's a <laughs> dark siders <laughs> war got his groove back <laughs> Uh, it's just about like yeah it's about him finding the truth and you know event like slowly getting his powers back um it's a third person action type of game which we haven't seen a lot of recently mm-hmm. i mean you know I, I i have no idea why i don't know if that type of gameplay has fallen off or maybe just the ips are not lining up but uh darksiders is like it's intuitive but also keeps you interested enough in terms of like gameplay and exploration Mm -hmm. it's a sort of like i like to call it like a limited sandbox like you you have powers that allow you to explore the area but you will run into invisible walls yeah you're still kind of on rails in a way yeah you are on rails in a way it's not like world of warcraft or you know like an mmo where you can explore everything Mm -hmm. it's like the path is very defined but very much like arkham asylum yeah it gives you some flexibility um and you know like the gameplay itself if you've ever played like uh devil may cry Mm -hmm. or any of those types of games it's very similar um combos are encouraged and uh the like sort of resource system is based on you killing your enemies so you absorb health um like mana or you know the your power gauge and uh money from killing enemies um you can go and uh level up with the 
in-game vendor who just kind of appears here and there. Um, you can level up your armor, your weapons. And one thing that I learned that from playing it through this time that I didn't know the last time is that you can, there is a, an armor set that you can like discover in game mm-hmm. and it makes you like that, like way better. Like, yeah, I found all the pieces and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I should have played the game more last time, but, um, I would encourage people to go and get it because it is super cheap right now. Like, <laughs> It's like ten bucks or something. Oh wow, on that's the not Xbox bad at store. all. Um, the definitive edition, the Darksiders two. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say. I that love with. puns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the definitive edition is like thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you, I mean, it, I would say that both are a very good investment. Um, you can spend a lot of time playing this game. I think playtime ranges between like 20 and 30 hours overall but you know with all the sort of achievements and finding the uh like wars uh i forgot what the armor is called but finding that bonus armor will tack on another five hours to your gameplay Mm -hmm. very much worth the money so um, go and check it out the darksiders death or war master edition is available i think it's definitely available on xbox one i'm probably i'm pretty sure it's available on like ps4 too but oh yeah absolutely yeah gotta love a good uh third person hack and slash game oh so much fun awesome uh matt west you were watching a series on netflix recently yeah my uh mother-in-law was in uh, the netherlands for about four and a half weeks a couple months ago and she came back saying you have to watch the oa mm. uh, it's a netflix original you have to watch the oa and I watched the first episode probably like three times because it just, I was struggling to get through it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so then I forced myself to watch the second episode and you sort of get a momentum by the third episode where, all right, now things are sort of adding up and you want to sort of get through and see why, because they leave things sort of vague, why things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's eight episodes, each one just about an hour. Uh, and I don't want to really give any kind of details because the ultimate payoff of the eight episodes is what the whole show is mm-hmm. and what it breaks down to being. And at that point, it, it really I was ready for the eight episodes for me to be like, why did I watch this? What a waste of time. And the the payoff was awesome. Yeah. Like the rest of the show, I it's almost like I wish the show had been there had been more awesome because the payoff was really good Mm -hmm. and really sort of what the OA is and and what it all means. There are a couple moments that come in building to that, that are, that are pretty well written. There's some, some interesting twists that are, um, that are programmed into it. Uh, so I would recommend it. Um, I don't think you're going to be, it's, it's, I, I thought Stranger Things was a way better one. Oh, Stranger Things is hard to compete with. That's so good. Yeah, it's so Um, good. But, uh, but this was, this wasn't, I mean, my mother-in-law said, oh, if you like Stranger Things, and I, I said, no, no. It's Stranger, not the same animal. Stra- no, Stranger, no, and you've watched a couple episodes. Yeah, I watched, but, on your recommendation, I watched the first two episodes yeah. of Leo A, and I like it. It's, yeah. It is a slow burn, yeah. uh, that is for sure, but um, it's it's got enough. It, it's playing with kind of J.J. Abrams' mystery box idea. It does, yeah. Where, like, there is a bigger, grander mystery hanging above kind of everything that happens, and I'm not going to be satisfied until I find out what yeah. that is. And it is it is intriguing enough to me. Like sometimes I see shows that try to do that. Yeah. And you either don't care about the characters enough. Um, the mystery is too predictable or it's just straight up boring anyway. Uh, and the OA is none of those things, at least not right. for me so far. So I, I would say I'm fairly hooked within the first two episodes because they've given me enough carrots 
to say, okay, we're going to take you somewhere. You just got to, you just got to buy in now and it's going to be worth it. And I I think a lot of stuff on Netflix is like that. And I'm totally okay with that. Like the Marvel stuff is very much more like there's the overarching story and you get the action and it's boom, boom, boom. And they kind of deliver with every single episode. Um, With Netflix, as long as they give you a big enough hook at the end of an episode and they give you enough character development to get to the end of every every episode, you're willing to go there with them. I thought Sense8 was kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. Like Sense8 really picks up and pays off within the last like three episodes. Right. But it is a slow burn to get there. But it's all worth it because by the time you get there, you care so much about these eight different characters, which is not easy to do. Um, And I feel like the OA is doing that. Uh, even if they're just making you really care about the main character. I don't necessarily care about her little group. Right. But I do care about her enough. And I'm curious enough about the mystery. And Jason, Jason Isaacs is in it. So if yeah, you tell me yeah. he's in it, he's I'm awesome. in right away. Because that guy's amazing. It's, you know, and um, and the, uh, right, it's right on episode seven. There is, there is a reveal that's mm-hmm. really, it's a great reveal. And then when the payoff happens in the final episode, those two moments, I, I really don't. You might pick, you might pick up in episode seven that there's going to be a reveal. You mm-hmm. might get that because you're intuitive to some of because you watch a lot of some of those. I don't think you're gonna get really? what the payoff's really? gonna be, and when it happens, you're gonna be like, "Oh man!" And it, and it actually, I actually felt some emotion on it, yeah. which was pretty yeah. cool. That that was so it was a long watch to get there, but it was once that payoff happened, I was I was satisfied. It was pretty cool. I had the opposite reaction. <laughs> like I watched five episodes and I was like, nope, I'm done. Like there was just way too much. Like I felt like the show was asking me to invest way more than just about, you know, most other shows that I've like I've watched or am watching. Um, granted, I mean, I am like under time constraints a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, watching a show like the OA or the OA or whatever you want to call it is like not conducive to the type of schedule that I keep. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't watch the OA while my kids are awake because that's just like, daddy, this is boring. I'm oh, yeah. watch Jurassic Park yeah, or something, yeah. you know, like this is stupid. And like watching it late at night, like I'm going to fall asleep because, you know, it's like it, it, it asks too much of somebody like me who to like invest into the show. Mm-hmm. So like after five episodes, I was like, nah. No and with thanks. a name like the OA, I'm waiting for the Green Lantern Corps to get involved yeah, in something. I see that. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely the OA. And I felt like, you know, it's funny you said episode five and I really felt like it was episode five, episode six, where it finally felt like the ball had gotten over the hill and now it's real. Mm-hmm. And it was easier to watch those episodes. Yeah. Oh no, I have to watch the next one. But up until about then it, it's, it's tough. It, it almost, I, Almost gave it up a number of times, yeah. yeah. But um, I was glad I saw it through. Like, I bet if I had a little bit more patience to watch the show, like it would be better. But I mean, and maybe like me five years ago would enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. But me now, like current me, is like, Meh. yeah, like, you need things to pay off a lot mm-hmm. faster. Like yeah. I need to watch something that will be more gratifying in a less amount of time. Sure, sure. Like I've been watching a ton of fucking stand-up comedy specials on Netflix. So well, they pay off yeah. <laughs> constantly throughout. So I get that. Cool. Uh, what I watched recently, it actually just came out on disc uh, last week, but I believe the digital comes out. It's weird how DC does their animated movies now. They release the digital copy. Uh, I think like at least a month before the disc copy actually releases which is really strange so you can start buying it on itunes and everything before the physical comes out Mm -hmm. you would think they would do it the opposite way so that the physical actually uh they made the money off of that 
but maybe because then they would know how much they need of it, I guess. Or yeah. maybe so many people buy it that they don't need to produce as many physical copies and they save money that way. I don't know how the whole business model works, but Justice League Dark is the latest uh, DC animated movie. The synopsis here is that when innocent civilians begin committing unthinkable crimes across uh, across Metropolis, Gotham City and beyond, Batman must call upon mystical counterparts to eradicate this demonic threat to the planet. Enter Justice League Dark, reluctantly led by the Hellblazer himself, John Constantine. Like Batman, Constantine is a cunning, often cynical loner who is the best at his chosen profession, but quickly realizes the sinister forces plaguing the planet will require help from other supernatural alliances. Forming a new league with sorceress Zatanna, otherworldly dead man, and Jason Blood and his alter ego, Etrigan the Demon, this team of dark arts specialists must unravel the mystery of Earth's supernatural plague and contend with the rising powerful villainous forces behind the siege before it's too late for all of mankind. Such epic stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll say right off the bat with this movie, positively, is that it's nice to see things that are not necessarily uh, the c- characters we always see all the time. Some people are complaining that apparently DC can't put out an animated movie with Batman not in it. And that's why he's a part of this. And sure, Batman might be on the cover to sell it, but he's actually a very minor part mm-hmm. of this movie as a whole. And you know me, I'm not going to complain about something that they throw yeah. Batman in because, I mean, I would have watched it anyway. I love yeah. all of this stuff. But this is a rated R movie as well, which seems to be becoming par for the course for these. They were PG-13 for a long time. Uh, and then all of a sudden they started going R and I feel like the content has actually gotten somewhat better yeah. as a result because the, the, the restraints are just off mm-hmm. and they can do whatever they want. This movie does not waste time setting the tone and showing you how dark I know it's going to get, <laughs> uh, because right away we're introduced to people mowing down demons, or at least we think they're demons. Yeah. There's one lady like running them down with her car. Uh, there's another guy killing all his neighbors who he thinks are demons. And then the, it's revealed that they're just having hallucinations and these people are just straight up killing other human beings. That is a dark, dark place yeah. to start off a superhero animated movie. They have a woman ready to drop her baby mm-hmm. that she thinks is a demon off the top of a building. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's as dark as it gets. She's yeah. going to kill her baby. And this is all within like the first 10 minutes yeah. of the movie. So they go in hard right away. Yep. And just set it so, like, kids, go home, don't Mm -hmm. watch this whatsoever. Um, As far as other stuff in the movie, I thought the story was really strong. Uh, I held with it the whole time. I was very invested uh, the entire time as well. I thought Dead Man was somewhat unnecessary. He has kind of a major part to play towards the end. But aside from that, he's really just kind of hovering around everything. And he doesn't add a lot. He doesn't add a lot of comedy. Uh, with that a character in that position ends up being the comedy relief a lot. He wasn't very strong in that sense. Anytime I've seen Dead Man used well in the comic books, it's us looking through the lens of him mm-hmm. as almost a watcher of the events of certain things. But mm-hmm. I never found him to be that strong or interesting a character anyway. Standalone, yeah. Yeah. Um, the strengths here are definitely uh, Constantine. Um, Zatanna's pretty good. Not not super deep, but pretty good. Uh, and the back, getting the whole backstory of Jason Blood and Etrigan, I thought was nice to include in this as well. And this, this, uh, movie in general goes to a lot of places. I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but it does a lot of things and goes to a lot of places that I certainly did not expect 
it to go to and it had some kind of bigger long lasting stakes mm. in case these characters came back they probably went in with the intention that maybe we wouldn't see them anymore because it is just a movie but still they they made some big choices here that i wasn't really expecting um i'm starting to get used to jason as batman <laughs> still not yeah. i know it's my one complaint with like every dc animated movie now i'm still not completely thrilled with them but and i always say this too i feel like if warner brothers was making these stories into their live action movies that people would be way more invested in the dc mm-hmm. uh movie universe because these stories are far superior to anything they have put on screen since the nolan batman trilogy mm-hmm. yeah but i think with like the some of the animated storylines they require a bit of background knowledge mm-hmm. like the way that they make these like blockbuster movies they yeah, want yeah. people to go in with like anybody can go into it with zero background information and kind yeah. of know this is superman this is batman this is wonder woman they all fight this big ugly guy like, yeah, yeah it's very like sort of like pedestrian but yeah i mean it definitely like if you could somehow work you know the like these animated uh, movie storylines into the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. I think they would be do, they would do much better. Albeit, I mean, you would be seeing a lot more of CG because these oh absolutely movies lend themselves to very much like yeah the amount of depiction. magic and everything yeah. and visual effects that were needed to pull off this movie yeah which is again another reason I think that sometimes the animated movies are a better place for this stuff mm-hmm. or the the animated series because it's a world of fantasy it's a world where they really need to have control over every single little element to make it work the way that they want and it does pay off that way the stories are stronger the immersion is higher i feel yeah i think there was some rumor that guillermo del toro was interested in doing a live action justice that was in talks for a while yeah yeah Yeah. and i think when it ultimately went away that's when they decided to do Justice League Dark as an animated movie. I think the only we talked about it a little bit briefly off off before we started the podcast, but um, I think my only real downsides of this were Superman and Wonder Woman's new fifty two costumes mm-hmm. are terrible. They are, um, and I wasn't even thinking until you brought up, but uh, I've never seen really Dead Man portrayed on screen like this. I've always read him in comics. Mm-hmm. And they kind of had him like, you know, Boston Brand. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah. And it's like, I never, I've always kind of in my head heard him more of a serious character. This is a guy who's basically landlocked as a spirit. He's mm-hmm. not, and he possesses others to try to get his, you know, his whatever he's He has a comedy. miserable existence. Yeah. And, uh, I and think he's, he's a comedy guy. He's a good matchup with Batman mm-hmm. in that, man- like, he can have that little bit of comedy, but they almost had him, like, as I said, like, it was, it was like, where's my cigar? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, on the other side, they had they fleshed out some some great characters. I thought Constantine very early is is playing poker with demons, mm-hmm. and it, that's a great setup of who. If you've never seen Constantine before, I mean that's a great introduction of absolutely. I mean, he's ball, I'm going to play poker, and I'm going to put everything on the line. Yeah, and it's yeah. these three demons. You yep. know, it's totally like this is who he is. You know, this is the world he walks in, and so that was like a real. And it's, if you don't know that character, you're going to probably watch this. And then want to go watch the NBC Constantine, which is maybe, really good, and maybe even watch that. I I didn't hate the Keanu Reeves. He didn't really. He wasn't Constantine. No, like he Matt wasn't. Ryan. But it's not but a horrible movie. But you're gonna to want to know more about that mm-hmm. character because this really does portray. It does hold yeah. faithful to him. Yeah, and it's worth saying too that Matt Ryan from the Constantine live action series does voice Constantine in this as well. So he's keeping he's keeping all that uh, experience with the character 
and bringing it in here as well. And if you're a DC fan, Swamp Thing. Yes, so swamp that's thing. all you need to know. Swamp, swamp thing. thing. And if you're a DC fan, you're going to hear that and go, ooh, I got to change. <laughs> <laughs> the green. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, those are our reviews. Let's get into and wrap up this podcast with our news discussions. Uh, first story here. The end is near for the 12th Doctor, as actor Peter Capaldi has announced on BBC Radio 2 that he will take his leave from Doctor Who this Christmas. The, the big thing about it for me is that it'll be my last. Uh, so that's... It'll be your last? Yes. You uh, bow out after this series? I will, yes. Oh, really? This will be the end for me. Wow, how do you feel uh, about that? Um, I feel sad. Um, I love Doctor Who. Uh, it's a fantastic program to work on, and it's uh, been a huge pleasure to work with a family. Mm. But I've always been somebody that did a lot of different things. Uh, I've never done one job for three years. This is the first time I've done this, uh, and, and and I feel it's sort of time for me to move on to different challenges. Um, so, have you, so okay, so you still have to film your regeneration. <laughs> Oh, so the geek is coming up in that. So you, have you filmed your regeneration? Who do you... No, I've gone to work tonight. How can I... I'm still oh, there. Oh I'm still gosh. Doctor Who for a long this time. This is such a big deal, Peter. How do you feel about it? God, pass it on to somebody else. I feel um, wow. sad. You know, yeah. it's sad, but rather wonderful. What a privilege to have done this. You know, it's an extraordinary position to be in. It's, uh, uh, But like everything, you have to... You have to be aware of when it's time mm. to to move on. When will be the final time that we see you? Um, I think <laughs> Christmas 2017. Right, that'll be told. the episode. <laughs> yes. So it'll be, right, so we have a year. I'm still Doctor Who. I'm of still Doctor I've got a lot to do and there's a lot of, uh, we're doing epic stuff oh, and there's a lot of stuff to do. Capaldi's departure will match the exit of longtime showrunner and executive producer Stephen Moffat. Chris Chibnall is set to succeed him, so it would seem that a 13th Doctor will be revealed before the year's end. Series 10 of Doctor Who is set to premiere on April 15th. I think this is, um, you know, they're saying that they're looking to maybe give a, a clean slate mm-hmm. to the new showrunner. Which I like. Um, I, I think, that unfortunately, uh, as much as Peter Capaldi at times had some really great moments, I don't remember the episode. He had one episode where um, he ultimately breaks through to find Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, it's kind of like a Groundhog Day. I don't know. Yeah, if it's an um, amazing episode. It, it's one of the best episodes of the new run of Absolutely. Doctor Who overall. Like, Absolutely. I put it right up there with like Blink. But he didn't have that many highs. No. And unfortunately, they had gone from David Tennant who was the first doctor to bring in the fangirl, mm-hmm. um, which was a huge force of fans. Then with Matt Smith. Who really mainstreamed the show. And 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 he was brilliant as mm-hmm. a doctor. Capaldi was equally brilliant as more of an old school Doctor Who. The problem is, is that it didn't keep that momentum. One with the fandom. I mean, they're still doing great ratings. Right. But it's not what it was. And the writing didn't have the highs. Of the yeah, game. I don't it think it's on like Capaldi. I think he's. I think they struggled with his character and developing what he mm-hmm. would be as a doctor in the beginning. I and agree. at first, he wasn't even that likable. Um, but they they did flesh him out to a point where he felt like a very strong doctor. But the stories have not supported him whatsoever. It's been highs and lows, hits and misses. There's yeah, been a lot more misses than hits, unfortunately. Yeah, 
And I feel, and I said this, I think, before when uh, they announced the new companion, I wasn't necessarily thrilled because she just came off as super obnoxious. Like, yeah. I, I'm not very excited to see the next series. Um, and I, I, I said this as well, too, when Capaldi was first announced as the next Doctor. I really wish these announcements were not out there. Right. I don't want to know that there's going to no. be regeneration to the Christmas special. No, I know... I know it's hard to keep secrets in this kind of media landscape, but if you can pull it off and people have to see a doctor exit and have that surprise during the episode would be epic. We don't get that anymore. Like they'll announce the next doctor too by the time that happens, right. which is a bummer. Right. I'd rather see it happen. People want the ratings knowing that it's happening instead of people getting rewarded for loyally being there every time. And I think one of the things, even though we knew David Tennant's uh, regeneration was happening, they gave so many teases for it so that when it finally happens and it looks like he's going to make it through, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you think, oh, no, I'm going to be okay. But then he gives that whole line, right. I don't want to go. And right. I was in tears. And we yeah, just, you know, absolutely. So, and, and I didn't have that. I mean, I really grew to like Matt Smith mm -hmm. as the doctor. And when he went, it was... Even then, it wasn't a big deal that he went. No. He knew it was coming. Oh, it's a shame he's going to be gone. He's I mean, it was really still gone. sad because yeah. we weren't going to see him as the doctor yeah. anymore. And when you're invested in the story, sure, the emotions are still there. But it wasn't like when Tennant left no. at all. And, and even Matt Smith leaving wasn't as emotional as when when Karen Gillan left. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when her character. I mean, that was when, when her and Rory died. That was awful. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. And you knew they were going to go, too. That You even knew that was their last episode. Right. But, it was just and they even had a happy ending. Yeah. And it, but it was still sad. It's sad, but it's Because <laughs> we don't get those characters yeah, anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, according to Variety, Warner Brothers Pictures has hired Joby Harold to do a page one rewrite on the Flash movie script. While the film was previously scheduled for a 2018 release, it's been on hold since losing director Rick Fumoyuwa. I'm working on that one. Uh, and now the studio has decided to take it in a different direction. This is only the latest of problems with the Flash movie, as three directors have already come onto the project since its inception, all leaving shortly after. Guys, this movie is fucked. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was bad as soon as you tried. To, I mean, I get they're going to say it's, it's a multiverse type thing, but we've got a Flash. Yeah. And a highly popular Flash. Mm -hmm. People, I mean, he's the highest rated show on the CW. Yeah. And Grant Gustin is the Flash. Like him or hate him, most people like him. People don't want Ezra Miller, and that's mm -hmm. no, and and I've seen stuff that he was excellent in. Yeah. You know? Now I'm aware of who he is as an actor. I don't even if he was gonna be the only Flash. Mm -hmm. I don't even hate the idea of him being the Flash. I kind of, but do, he's not but, my Flash. Yeah. But he's not my Grant Gustin is my Flash. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold. Yeah, I don't, I don't need another Flash. I'm invested in one. I've been invested in one for years. Yeah. Uh, and don't give me some armored up Power Ranger in right. a universe that I already don't care much for. And then they're going through directors like crazy. They're starting the script over. This movie is. Fucked. I don't. I don't. There's no way. No way. Yeah. If Wonder Woman isn't good, then I'm done with DC. Yeah. I mean, I have it's hope. Though. Terrible. I'm stupid, but I have hope for Wonder Woman. <laughs> I know I'm going to kick myself after, but I see it. And it's going to be good. I don't I have the it. hope. I don't have I'm it hoping. anymore. Oh man, she was one of the bright spot, only bright spots of Superman, Batman. Yeah, because she's barely in it. <laughs> uh, ben Affleck has stepped down as director of the Batman yeah. he will however remain on as the star of the film and as a producer Affleck said in a statement quote there are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions 
Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do both jobs to the level they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I am still in this, and we are making it, but we are currently looking for a director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to life for fans around the world. I'm not a huge fan of this news. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, I love Affleck as a director, maybe yeah. more so than I like him as an actor. So him stepping down, I understand uh, that doing both roles is very taxing for sure. I can't blame him for doing so. But it was kind of one of the big redeeming things about the movie for me You're is that he a, was going to be yeah, directing it. Oscar winning director. Yeah. The it. fact that he'll still have a lot of creative control, though, as a producer gives me, uh, again, like you said, hope. <laughs> In a universe that is nearly hopeless, anyway. Am I the only one that wants to see like a towny Batman? <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Martha. Your Martha. mother's name is Martha, too. He's no longer in Gotham City, he's in Southie. Yeah. Listen, kid, we've got to kill the Joker. The Joker. I got a plan, and it's Wicked Pissa. <laughs> Martha. I would, I would watch that sketch for sure. <laughs> as long as it didn't run over like two and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Fox is moving ahead with its planned live-action X-Men series. Unlike the upcoming FX show Legion, this X-Men series is expected to tie into the big-screen films, with four-time franchise director Brian Singer set as executive producer and as the director of the pilot episode. The series will focus on two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers. Forced to go on the run from a hostile government, the family joins up with an underground network of mutants and must fight to survive. I like how Brian Singer is taking a break from X-Men movies to make an X-Men TV I know, show. right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, dude. Find find a few more plates to juggle. Did you guys both see uh, X-Men Apocalypse? I did. And and thoughts on it? Like, it's okay. It was like, I was hoping to be like wowed. Yeah. Like when I came out of Days of Future Past, I thought that was pretty solid. It was great. But Apocalypse, I was just sort of like, okay. It was okay. It, yeah, it didn't. I mean, I'm far more excited to see Logan. Yeah. But this didn't. Really, an apocalypse as a villain is phenomenal, and he was completely wasted. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I just sort of felt like, okay. All right, well, I've seen it now. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of just a big bummer. Like the way the the one thing about X Men Apocalypse that just drove me fucking insane was like uh, this is kind of a spoiler. So I don't think anybody cares at this point. All right, spoilers if you plan on watching this movie. But the way Angel dies mm-hmm. is just like the fuck. It just I was just like nope. Nope, I'm done. Yeah. Flying man dies in crashing plane. Nope, I'm yeah. done. It's kind of lame in general. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of lame stuff in there. I mean, if they can make the TV show work, I mean, Legion, which is going to be on FX, mm-hmm. that looks pretty awesome. I think, and I've said it before too. I think comic com, uh, comic book properties lend themselves better to serialized TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell bigger stories. Yeah. in the long run. That's why the Marvel series are so strong. That's why Arrow is doing well. That's why Flash is doing well. That's why DC Legends of Tomorrow abandoned that horrible first season they had and actually pulled up their bootstraps for a pretty damn good second season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if they could just maybe focus on other characters and not, like, the core X-Men team, mm-hmm. that would be better. Because, I mean, you look at Legion, and you only know who Legion is if you read comics. Right, right. So, like, to that, I mean, that in it in and of itself has its own inherent mystery. Like who is Legion? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. So if they can focus on like other characters or even make up characters like new, 
mutants. Yeah, to, I'm totally down to for that. Out. Give us new things, to, new characters to learn about and invest in. And yeah. when they send uh, underground network of mutants too, I can't help thinking the Morlocks are going to be involved yeah, in right. some way, shape, or form. But, but maybe yeah. I'm. There's so many, but there's so many X Men that have been X Men throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Deadpool. Yes, Colossus was a little more mainstream, but. You know, to have Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I, mean, I know, that's so random. But mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, it was and, great. And, you know, you can, what a great way to get people aware of other people in, in the comic books and mm-hmm. get interested mm-hmm. in that. Marvel Entertainment has officially <laughs> announced a brand new video game starring Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is set to come from publisher Square Enix and developers Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal. Crystal Dynamics is most notable for their work with the recent Tomb Raider franchise, while Eidos Montreal worked with them on Tomb Raider, in addition to their own work on Deus Ex, Human Revolution, and Thief. The Avengers project is being designed for gamers worldwide and will be packed with all the characters, environments, and iconic moments that have thrilled longtime fans of the franchise. Featuring a completely original story, it will introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. More details on the Avengers project and other games will be announced in 2018. What about an early announcement here? <laughs> Square Enix is making an Avengers game. All right. And it kind of sounds like it could be like an MMO type. I mean, if they want to stretch this game out for multiple years, I mean, you have so many different options. I mean, it, it might not be an MMO, and I'm perfectly fine with that mm-hmm. because it's Square Enix. So I have high hopes. Um, you know, if it's like the current Final Fantasy game where, you know, you you play as one person and you have a team of other people and it has like RPG elements in it, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm just excited to see like a good Avengers game because all of them to date have been kind of terrible. Let's hope it's good. Yeah. Let's hope. I mean, see, seeing it coming from a good studio is already a huge positive, uh, but I'm, I'm fingers crossed. Marvel is putting the hype on it too. They, uh. They made the announcement last week on, like, I think it was, like, Friday or whatever. But, like, each day leading up, they're like, we got big news later this week. Yeah, yeah. In a couple days, tomorrow at 12 o'clock EST, we're going to make the announcement. And then it was like, we've come. So they they teased it on their social media for a week before Mm -hmm. they. So they really were putting the hype on it. Yeah. 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 Deadline is reporting that James Cameron and Deadpool director Tim Miller are teaming up for a new Terminator movie. Cameron, who will regain the Terminator rights in 2019, is reportedly godfathering the new film. While it's unknown whether the new movie will be a reboot or continuation of Cameron's first two films in the franchise, the plan is for Miller to direct, as Cameron will be busy directing the 1000 Avatar sequels. (laughs) I watched Genesis. Yeah, yeah, Genesis was not strong. Uh, And it looks like the plan might be, although they just said that we're not sure what it is, uh, Cameron only did the first two movies, Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. So he might just disregard everything else that came after that and yeah. pick up from there, which is fine. Uh, honestly, I don't care about new Terminator movies. I really don't. I think if they can build a bigger universe and not be so focused on... Arnold. Arnold. As much as I fucking love Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, just make a different movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, focus on another character. There's plenty. Period of time. Um, you know, I don't know. 
maybe go go into the future. I don't know. Like, you just do something else. Like, yeah. don't make it like about John Connor and sending the Terminator back and then trying to add another layer to the already complicated time travel story. Yeah, because their time travel logic is way out the friggin' window at this point. Yeah, like there are, there's been countless YouTube videos about how Genesis makes no fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't need a YouTube video to tell me that. But no, I, I saw the trailer. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even need to see the movie to tell me that. What is going on? Yep. The only so, upside with uh, Rise of the Machines uh, you'll hear about is that's where Chris Hardwick puts out. That's where I'm right, fat, right. fat Chris Hardwick. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Before he got himself back. His brother oh. Peter. Peter Hardwick. <laughs> Peter Hardwick, yeah. yeah. Uh, lastly, another familiar face is heading to the CW's Supergirl as Lois and Clark's Terry Hatcher will play a recurring villainous role in the latter half of the second season. Hatcher's co-star Dean Kane has already appeared on the show multiple times as one of Kara's adoptive parents. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. Terry Hatcher. Not yeah. only is Terry Hatcher great, uh, but anytime they're showing love to previous super fam, yeah. that's awesome. I love it when they do that stuff. They were, uh, we were, Rob and I were sitting on the press level um, of San Diego when they were getting ready to do, a, a, we weren't in the press room, but they were all heading by and, Wow, talk about just like people who are striking in real life. Oh, the Supergirl like, cast, yeah. Yeah, I mean, David Harewood is like, he looks like so imposing. Yep. And like, yeah, um, the entire cast walked by just, us and I yeah, almost passed out. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like Supergirl and her sister are both like, I mean, the sister in real life is like Ky- Kyler Lee was just like, yeah, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in person. Ridiculous. But, uh, have you, you know, I don't know if you have, have you seen that they're doing a musical? crossover between, I hate that idea yeah Flash and Super because there's because so many like Glee, Glee alums Ooh, and yeah awful. I I so don't care about musical episodes no. of superhero and shows and the villain's gonna be the music of course because yeah. they have to justify but, it somehow yeah. that's <laughs> the no. one like Ugh, about Flash yeah it sounds like the worst idea I've heard all year aside from more DC movies um <laughs> That wraps it up, guys, for our big return episode. Uh, I'm I'm super pumped. This was just like really was like getting back on a bicycle and just doing it again. Uh, I hope that the audience will be there as we put it out. I know it's been a few months since we have released an episode. Uh, if you guys show the interest, we'll continue to do these. Um, as long as you make it worth our time, we'll make it worth yours. That is the guarantee that we can give you. So final thoughts or something you'd like to plug as we get out of here, Paulo? Uh, nothing to plug. Uh, <laughs> I thought about you this always a, love this part of the show. I can tell. <laughs> like I was thinking about it on the way in, and I just literally, I mean, hug your kids. I guess. <laughs> okay. Right on. Look, it's not a requirement to go push all these other projects. It's just yeah. the opportunity. Hug your kids. That's hug all your kids, guys. Matt West. Uh, my Ben's uh, website: longshotvoodoo.com. Follow me on Twitter at MadDogMattStorm. And if you're on the Xbox Live Network, you can game with me, although I don't really play a lot of those games yet. But uh, Dr. Matt Dog, D-A-W-G-7-3, if you want to hook up that way and play some Rocket League. Yeah, yeah, Rocket League. To see everything else we do, head on over to TheGeekGeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can watch live podcasts, cooking and gaming at Twitch.tv slash TheGeekGeneration. Like us at Facebook.com slash TheGeekGeneration and follow at GeekGeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to TheGeekGeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at TheGeekGeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. I also want to mention, too, before we go, uh, just the really fantastic community that we've been building up 
uh, in the last few months since we have been very active on Twitch and uh, we have been a kind of off and away from the podcast space. You can interact with myself. I know Volpe's in there. Paul pokes his head in every now and then. Matt has an account, I think. Uh, <laughs> but you can go over to thegeekgeneration.com slash discord and chat with us on a daily basis. We do a lot of things over there. We hold special events that happen just in the Discord that you can only find out about that way. Um, and you have access to us, really, which I, I know that's just super important to everybody. <laughs> so uh, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord, chat with us there, and find out about all the other things that we do. Uh, and that is it for this week. We will see you next time with more geeky stuff, and uh, we'll catch you then. Later. Make it so.